Much to talk about in our June edition of Inside the Booth on the New York Red Bulls radio network. A great run of form has New York back toward the top of the table in the Eastern Conference, and it's showdown Saturday in the city of brotherly love. The mics are on. Come on Inside the Booth with Matt Harmon and Steve Jolly on the New York Red Bulls radio network. The month of June is upon us, and we are back inside the booth. Feels like, partner, we have not done this in so long. Once a month just doesn't seem to do it justice. I'm Matt Harmon. He is Steve Jolly. We are your crew for the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. And as we like to do once a month, break down what was and look ahead to what will be. We've got a busy couple of segments for you. But I say a very good afternoon on a sunny midweek day to my partner, Steve Jolly. And Steve, as you and I talked about the other night with that 4 nothing win over Real Salt Lake, this is a New York Red Bull team which is really starting to come on. We talked about the importance of the month of May, factor in a win at the end of April, and this one in June. This is a team right now that is 6-1-1 one one in their last eight. Matthew, it is good to spend some quality time with you again. And we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, the team's going well, and I'm going to be honest with you. I got attention on you, the World Wide Web, checking out the schedule, making sure that we're on point on the topics that we're talking about today. But another eye is focused on this U.S.-France-United States under-20 World Cup game, of which USA is winning one nothing. So I'm giving us a little bit of a hint of when this is being recorded. So if at any point I make one of those weird sounds that often happens when I get excited when we score goals there at Red Bull, I want to apologize. But that's the reason. It's not anything work-related other than the fact that I am cheating work right now and uh, and watching the game. You know, it's funny that you bring that up, Steve, because as you and I like to do, we're 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 pretty easygoing. We're pretty light. We do talk about what what we're going to go, but at sometimes at some points, we're never quite sure what direction the other person is going to do. I was going to ask you what was maybe the best win of the entire month, but I certainly know what was the best highlight of the entire month. I know where you're going with this, and that's fine. We can go there. Um, as everybody probably knows now, because it's out there in the World Wide Web, I got a little too excited when Mr. Barlow scored his big goal against Atlanta, a culmination, uh, or at least the middle of the, of the month, of, of just a good run of form for the team. I was a little frustrated by uh, how we played uh, at home against Montreal. And, uh, you know, it's been a rocky road, and my excitement got the better of me on in, in, in mid-May when we got the big win. And I was excited for young Barlow because he's a great kid. He is an awesome guy, and I love to see his success. We saw it at the USL team and uh, and how it translated now to uh, – to the first team, it's just, it's really exciting. So stop making fun of me, man. I'm very sensitive. Step forward and win it for New York. Neil is crossing the halfway line, playing Royer down the right sideline. Kenny loft one over the top for Barlow. He does. Barlow hits it down. It's in for New York. What a ball from Danny Royer. Tom Barlow, the hero right now, 65th minute. Oh my. And so what exactly was that sound? Um, I don't know. It just I, see. I think I, I thought it was no right. 
There's just no, if anything, it's a, it's just a natural response to the excitement of the game. How about that? I'll leave it at that. I like that. I like that. So I got to, I want to ask you this. You look at this recent run of form Uh, again in, in the last eight games, the end of April, beginning of June, it's a team that has six wins. They've gotten results in seven of their last eight. Give me a win that you think is the best in that stretch? Your options are the first one against Cincinnati, the second one against Cincinnati, the LA Galaxy win at FC Dallas, the Atlanta United game, um, and then obviously the most recent one against Real Salt Lake, 4-0, that just took place at the beginning of June. What's the what's the signature win for this team in that stretch? So I'm struggling with the signature win, and I'm going to go down to where my thought process was relative to the call that we made in uh, in April. And I think it was actually before the Cincinnati game. We had that bad result uh, at New England, April 20th, and um, we don't even need to talk about it. You know how much I don't like New England, and we're going to have to talk about New England again because of the Open Cup in the next couple minutes. So let's just move on from the New England game. But we got the win in Cincinnati. We didn't play exceptionally well at home against Cincinnati, but my guy scored the big goal, Connor Lade. And I was like, okay, May is the month that we need to start turning things around. We start off May with that great win against the LA Galaxy, great crowd. It was the atmosphere. It was you know national TV game. Everybody was excited. And, uh, and we came up from a high to go quickly to a low with our performance against Montreal uh, midweek. And then what do you know? We go around and, uh, and travel to uh, that weekend to Dallas, and we get an incredible result against, I think, a very good team, FC Dallas, on the road, 3-1. Everybody's excited again. But then the talk is, okay, what about this momentum that we're now starting to create? We needed to get up, you know, up on the table. So, you know, we're getting a couple of three-point games and everything was exciting. And then we kind of called that, you know, this Atlanta game uh, mid-May that you've obviously, you know, given the radio call of Tom Barlow's goal, we thought that was going to be a big game just because of what it represented. It represented, you know, our last season and the team that got us down, the eventual winners, you know, they were struggling at times, but they started getting into better form in terms of this game. They're now in pretty good form as well. And we're like, you know what, maybe that's the game and the result uh, that kind of is the culmination of maybe, you know, things have turned around between the FC Dallas and the uh, Atlanta game. And then what happens? We play Vancouver and we get frustrated by that performance because that was not one of our better, well, let's just be honest, one of our weaker performances of the year. Midweek again and like, you know, how are we going to respond? So what does the typical Red Bull team respond? They respond exceptionally well and they go on the road and they destroy uh, FC Cincinnati 2 nothing. Um, but when I look at when you said the month of May, I actually would probably say that combination of at Dallas and at home at Atlanta. I think the result and the performance of at FC Dallas was better, but what it means to get that result against, even though we didn't play as well uh, against Atlanta, um, you know, that FC Dallas was a big win. And I think it's going to be one of those that we kind of look back. I know it's not as prominent as the Atlanta game, but you know, it's 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 those two are really up there for me. You know, you think of it, and 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 in this recent stretch, I do find it interesting in a way because there's been a lot of highs in these last eight games, and a couple of a couple of the lows. You mentioned Montreal, and you mentioned Vancouver. I think the most interesting thing about both Montreal and Vancouver is both of those games, not just at home, Steve, but both of those games took place midweek. Uh, is is there something to when you're just getting used to that three in a week? Because those two games were the first time that New York had it. 
You know, you think of Montreal, it's in between the LA Galaxy win and then at FC Dallas. Vancouver's in between the win at Atlanta and the win at Cincinnati. It's almost like in in both cases where you would have thought going in, yeah, three points is, is probably what New York not only wanted to come away with, but most people would think that they should come away with against Montreal and Vancouver. Both games, in a way, kind of served as wake-up calls because each were then followed up with really good performances on the road. Um, I agree. I mean, if anything, it's like, um, you know, it's tough. It really is tough. At the end of the day, I think, you know, we're going to – I'm a, I'm, well, I'm not going to speak on behalf of the, the coaching staff, but I will say that they'll probably use those midweek games as a rallying call to some degree uh, in terms of uh, the remaining midweek games that we have – during the course of the season. Uh, we have games in midweek in July, and we have them, obviously, in, in, in August and September. And so it's going to be very important that we use those as an example uh, of not kind of letting our guard down to some degree. And, uh, you know, this is a team that's kind of, as you mentioned, we've had, you know, a roller coaster ride to some degree. But at the end of the day, we've put our positioned ourselves exceptionally well, uh, especially coming up here against Philadelphia. To, uh, to move up again to the table and, you know, things have gone our way relative to the last couple of weeks in terms of Eastern Conference teams not getting three points. And next thing you know, we're, we're stable there in that fourth spot and we could easily move up again this, uh, this upcoming weekend uh, with a big game against the Philadelphia Union. I'm quite certain that if we were having this conversation in the middle of April, towards the end of April, after losses against Chicago, Minnesota, and New England with a pretty good draw at Sporting Kansas City, if you would have said, okay, if you look at the Eastern Conference table at the beginning of the June month, the New York Red Bulls are going to be sitting in a pretty good spot because right now, fourth place overall, seven wins, five losses, the three draws, 24 points, a plus nine goal differential, uh, which is good enough right now for second best in the Eastern Conference, only behind Philadelphia. And Steve, I think the thing that's so interesting is seven wins overall. That's only one less than Atlanta, which you mentioned a second ago, has been hot as of late and Philadelphia, which has been pretty good all season long. Uh, but but there's not a whole lot of difference between these teams right now. I'll, I'll take the top four, Philadelphia 28, D.C. 27, Atlanta 26, and the New York Red Bulls with 24. You know, you're not talking about this this massive difference where, yeah, if, if you can put together a nice little run like New York did or any other team could do, I guess, during the course of the MLS season, you can move up the table, and the Red Bulls and Atlanta are both case in point you can move up the table pretty quick. Yeah, and I think you're making an incredible point that I think is going to come to fruition over the next couple of months of just this Eastern Conference and how things are going to be changing. Um, I don't see FC Cincinnati uh, being a contender in any capacity relative to uh, to the playoff run. But when you look, and, and I would include Orlando City, but that's just me, uh, but when you look at straight down the line from Philadelphia all the way to the 11th spot, New England, I think there's going to be tremendous changes relative to uh, that last spot, that seventh spot in the Eastern Conference in terms of a playoff position because of just what's happening within the league, whether it's, you know, New England Revolution in terms of what they've been doing recently, um, Toronto FC in terms of, you know, their roster, you know, being included with Gonzalez coming on board for them as a defender. You know, you got New York, Atlanta. And, and for me, you know, Philadelphia has played well. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't find them to be a very deep team, um, which I think ultimately is going to cost them uh, long-term this season. 
But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting Eastern Conference this year. One of the more interesting Eastern Conference runs uh, in a long, long time. Matt Horman, Steve Jolly, we are inside the booth as part of the New York Red Bulls radio network, our continuing podcast circuit. We've also got our players only kicking it, which we do once a month and once a month. Take a look at things with Red Bull head coach Chris Armis. You can find them all uh, via the Apple uh, podcast store. Whether you listen to it there, you can go to Google, you can go to Stitcher, try and drop us a review and a rating. We certainly do appreciate any feedback uh, that you could give us. Any things that maybe you want us to talk about on any of our podcasts, you can uh, certainly get in touch with us via Twitter. Steve is at Just Jolly. My Twitter handle is at Harmon MT. Uh, as New York getting set to take on Philadelphia, we'll talk about that in our second segment. Uh, but Steve, as you just said, the Eastern Conference really th- shaping up to be pretty interesting. And I think as you now move into like that middle third, almost to the halfway point for a lot of these teams of the season. You know, D.C., they've already played 17. Montreal, they played 17. So when they get back to action, it will be interesting to see can they can kind of continue their run. But specifically to New York, I think the one nice thing that this team has always kind of prided itself on in the last now almost five years, go back to 2015, is yet again, no one is really talking about this team. Now, you can say, okay, take a look at the power rankings and take a look at this article or that article. I'm okay with it, but I feel like so much attention this year has gone to Philadelphia and has gone to D.C., but you look at the, the Union, and and I know you've seen them a bunch, and we can certainly talk about them in more detail. 8-4-4. Four, and four, 28 points. They've played 16 games. So New York, a game in hand there. D.C. United, and I guess I get it a little bit since Wayne Rooney came on uh, last year. They've been a completely different team. But they've got the same number of wins as New York. But I feel like both of those teams have gotten so much more attention. Again, it's the Red Bulls who do like the play into that we're going to play with a little bit of a chip on her shoulder and show everyone that will be there at the end. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've alluded to it quite a bit on our broadcast. I just think that there's a wonderful storyline kind of brewing right now for this Red Bull team for, you know, what we've gone through relative to you know player suspensions, whether we've gone through the situation relative to Bradley Wright Phillips being injured, you know, to have the run that we did in May, then kind of, put an exclamation point on that one with our recent uh, June 1 Saturday uh, win against Real Salt Lake. Now we can kind of push a little bit. I know we're going to miss some players at, at Philadelphia, but we can push the idea of, okay, guys, we've had this great run. We positioned ourselves exceptionally well. Now we play the first you know place team in the Eastern Conference before a lengthy break. Um, and I, I know that we have the Open Cup game, but I mean league break and say, hey, here's the test. You know, you've gotten yourself, you know, out, you know, from from the depths of of, of the, the the standings, and now you have an opportunity to just kind of to prove to everybody just how good they are, and, and they're good. Uh, you know, they're very good. Um, you know, do we think that you could slot in a couple of players and make them even better? Of course, but um, there is a statement to be made more than any time in a long, long time, and I know we repeated it time and time again that the system there works. And that the leadership is working that system and uh, and everything's positive right now. We will take a quick timeout when we come back on the backside of Inside the Booth. We will dig into that Union game a little bit. We'll talk about the Open Cup. We'll do a little Gold Cup conversation as well as Major League Soccer up against a pretty lengthy international break. Matt Harmon, Steve Jowley, we return right after this on Inside the Booth. 
Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information. We are back inside the booth with Steve Jolly. I'm Matt Harmon. We are part of the New York Red Bulls radio network on our podcast circuit. Our June edition here as we just spent some time going through what's been a great run of form for this New York Red Bull team. Six wins in their last eight and a very interesting game coming up on Saturday night. As for the first time this season, the two teams that are pretty close in proximity will get together. The Philadelphia Union will play host to New York. It is the Union that has been the talk of the Eastern Conference during the course of the first part of this MLS season. 28 points, 8 wins, 4 losses, and 4 draws. They've been pretty good at home. They're 5-2-2 two, and two there. Uh, Steve, the first question I, I have as we dig into this a little bit, and it's been something that you and I have talked about the last couple of years, and it's been something I've asked players about, coaches about. You think of the dynamic of the New York Red Bulls. You've got D.C. United, longtime rival, going all the way back to the Metro Star days. You've got now a cross-river rival in New York City FC. Philadelphia, and I don't know how much you've paid attention to some of the social media bantering back and forth, Philadelphia seems to be dying to make this a big rivalry uh, for themselves. So I think it's going to be quite interesting when these teams get together on Saturday night for the first time this season. Yeah, um, I mean, as you're well aware, and I'm sure some of the listeners are aware, I live in Philadelphia, um, the, the, the Burbs, but, uh, and I get to quite a few of their games in some capacity, usually working for the league office. And, uh, and I can tell you without you know, complete certainty that they would love nothing more than to, to stoke a little bit of a fire between the rivalry that they hope that is created between them and, uh, and Red Bull. Obviously, Red Bull has had the run of, of, of form. I know there's been some disconnect relative to some Open Cup stuff. But, um, you know, there's no question that, uh, you know, this union franchise is desperate uh, to get into winning ways and also to have a little bit of a rivalry with Red Bull. And you talked about, as we were going to break, New York will have to play this one without uh, a few players, most notably in their back line. No Kimar Lawrence, no Amir Murillo, no Aaron Long. They are all off right now on international duty as Major League Soccer in the midst of an international break with the Gold Cup, which we'll talk about in a little bit coming up as well. Uh, but Philadelphia, they've got some they've got some issues there as well, Steve. Andre Blake with Jamaica. Uh, you're talking about Mark McKenzie, who right now is with the U.S. men's um, U-20 team in the World Cup there. Uh, so they've got some players. Marco Fabian is with Mexico. So they also have to deal with a couple of things um, from an international break standpoint for for New York on their side, I, I do think it's good that at least you can say um, in the center back position, you still have Tim Parker and you still have Amro Tarek, who has certainly been an unsung hero for this New York Red Bull team. Agreed. Um, you know, both teams are, are missing some, some key players. Um, I think uh, we're probably missing some players that kind of a factor to our success recently that, that more so than them. But uh, in saying that, you know, this is a game that I think is going to be just a, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, first and foremost. Uh, it'll be sold out. The crowd will be behind their team. And uh, and it's a it's a solid team, you know. We've talked about it on air and off air, me and you. And uh, you know, there's no 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 
no messing around with this team. I know they're going to be missing, you know, Andre Blake, who is uh, obviously a very talented keeper for them, but they're still going to have Bedoya. They're still going to have, which I think has been the revelation of the homegrown player, Brendan Aronson. He, that kid is, is solid, to say the least. They're still going to have... You know, Medusian, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, a, a back line of, of that they think they're, they could, it's the future back line with, you know, Austin Trusty and, uh, and Jack Elliott. Those are two players that they think they can be in their center back, you know, for a long, long time. You obviously, you know, you know, add Andre Blake in there and you've got some young players that can stand the test of time for this organization and kind of solidified that back line for a long time. But I think there's some questions and some weaknesses with uh, Jack Elliott and Trusty. I think they're good physical defenders, but they make costly errors and their distribution is poor to very poor at times. Um, so there's some opportunities to really pressure this game, even though we're on the road and capitalize on some in the inevitable mistakes that I think their black line are going to show, but uh, you know, don't, don't, you know, hopefully I, I'm not, you know, putting them in this game to bed per se and, and saying that it's going to be an easy one because it's definitely not because it's a team that's playing with confidence. It's going to be a big atmosphere and it's going to be a game that I think is going to be competitive literally from the first whistle. So make sure if you get a chance to tune in or go down to uh to Philadelphia for the game to, to enjoy this one because I think this one's going to factor in in some capacity to uh, a playoff game in, 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 at some point later in the year. And a couple of things uh, of note in this game. You look at Philadelphia, I said eight wins, four losses, four draws, 5-2-2 two and two so far at home. Uh, but, Steve, they haven't been great at home as of late. They had a three-game stretch mid-May to the end of May, scoreless draw with Seattle at home, a 3-1 loss against Portland at home, and they followed that up with a 1-1 draw against Colorado. All those games at home, albeit Western Conference teams, so take that uh, with a grain of salt maybe, but... Um, you do wonder, and it has happened to Philadelphia a couple of times in the last couple of years, is is the luster of a really good start maybe starting to wear on this team, and they're going into a little bit of, of a doldrum, which every single team does during the course of the year in Major League Soccer. Yeah, but I also think that, you know, they've recently gotten a result on the road against Minnesota, and here's an opportunity to come home. Um you know, as that kind of last game, I know they played DC United, if I'm not mistaken, on in midweek in the open but cup. That, yeah, that last game at home before being on the road for quite a bit. And if I if I remember correctly, they're going to be gone for almost a month uh, away from home uh, in Major League Soccer. So this is their opportunity to play that one big game against hopefully you know or at least they think their rival and uh and kind of show what they're made of but uh yeah they've got this is a tough tough you know situation for them because and i think that's actually a positive for them because i think they're the, the coaching staff is going to really promote this game really kind of get you know the players really excited about it and uh and and that's why i think that uh the luxury for us as, as fans of, of the team and also fans of, of league is that I think we're going to see one of those kind of special Saturday night games uh, that happen, you know, usually this time of year, you know, that that mid break right before the break where they're kind of both teams kind of lay it down before they get a little bit of a rest. 
You know, I think one of the interesting things about this this game, and it goes back to something that we, we were just talking about in our first segment with New York being a little under the radar, playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think, and I don't think you've been able to say this too many times in, in this recent couple-year stretch that New York has been uh, one of the best teams in Major League Soccer with the two supporter shields in 15 and 18, uh, good runs in the Champions League, the Open Cup run. I think this is a game that you can honestly say that they have absolutely, and I say they, the Red Bulls, they have nothing to lose going into Saturday's game. I don't think at least. Now, I know it's a big game. It's top four teams, It's but it's a Philadelphia Union team that, as you just said, and if you just go on social media and look, they are making this out to be a huge deal for them midseason. And if you're the Red Bulls, I think, Steve, it sets up perfectly. You just go down there. And, and in a way, you just go and play, right? Yeah, you just go and play. You reiterate the fact that, uh, and it's become a fact, that the system works, that we can plug and play some players in there and we can still get great results. Um, we've seen it time and time over the this, this season. You know, and I just it thinks it kind of really builds up. And I know we're missing a couple of players on both sides. It really kind of is building up to be one of those kind of special games. And I think we're all going to be have the luxury of kind of sitting back and enjoying it. But it also is kind of built up to one of those games where it's not going to be a, hey, let's see what happens in the first 15, 20 minutes, kind of slow build. It's going to be, you know, guns blaring, like right from the whistle, because I think it's a benefit for both teams. I think it's a benefit that, uh, you know, Philadelphia kind of wants to make, you know, a statement on their home side. And I think for New York, I think there's that opportunity. And I think it's a gigantic opportunity of a back line that's young, and, uh, and sometimes can be a little foolish relative to their possession and distribution out of the back. It is a very light week in terms of Major League Soccer. There's a couple of midweek games. Uh, NYCFC plays Cincinnati. Toronto's in action against Sporting Kansas City. Montreal and Seattle. Those games obviously important because they are teams that are right smack in the middle of the Eastern Conference race. Uh, the game on Saturday in Chester with Philadelphia and New York, one of just three games on the schedule. And as you said, probably the highlight one. It's a game that we will start our coverage as we always do an hour prior to kickoff at 6.30 on the New York Red Bulls radio network. You can listen and find us via our tune-in radio app on the New York Red Bulls app and at NewYorkRedBulls.com. Uh, Steve, as you as you look forward into what's a very interesting month of June uh, for New York, I, I think they have upset the powers to be at U.S. soccer somehow because for the second straight year, I remember this last year as well, they played a game going into the Open Cup and then had a very quick turnaround as we'll transition a little bit into some Open Cup talk. Uh, New York will play the Revolution on June 11th. It's a Tuesday night. The game will be at Montclair State. Now, they are hosting the game, which is a good thing. Um, I just wish, why not play on Wednesday? Why not give the team that's playing on Saturday a couple of days rest? You look at the Revolution, they don't have a game this week at all. They'll be on, I think, nine, ten days rest because they just played over the weekend in Los Angeles. I just feel like, and I can remember last year, because it was prior to when Jesse Marsh uh, handed the reins over to Chris Armas, he said, if you're U.S. soccer, you've got to give teams a, a legit and equal chance to try and win a game when you're factoring in that they're playing a league game the weekend prior. Just two days rest. I just I just feel like the schedule makers maybe got this one wrong a little bit when you could have just as easily put the game on Wednesday. 
Yeah, I mean, I struggle with it as well. But I mean, there's nothing that can be done about it right now. You know, it's kind of one of those situations where, you know, it's going to be a difficult scenario for this Red Bull team. Um, You know, this is we talked about how Red Bull played at New England. Now you have a team with a new coach, new assistant coach, new technical director, new success in terms of the last, you know, four or five games. I mean, at the end of the day, their low point was back in early May, that Chicago game where they lost 5 nothing. They fired their coach, and next thing you know, you know, they've been revitalized. And, and now they have the Bruce Arena. The Bruce, as they say, is now in New England. He's surrounded himself. You know, they basically gave him the keys to the castle, you know, right? They've allowed him to do whatever he needs to do to make that organization better. He's gone out and hired, you know, his former assistant coach, former UVA guy, you know, Richie Williams, former, you know, Metro star. And now so Richie Williams, the assistant coach and a direct technical director of Kurt Andolfo, who is also back in the UVA days. And uh, he surrounded himself with people who know the league and, uh, and he's going to make that team, you know, it's going to be a statement game for him, that U.S. Open Cup game, because he knows that there's an opportunity for his team that night. And I know, at least for, for me, I am really looking forward to the atmosphere at Montclair State. Um, you know, the, the early rounds of the Open Cup are, are unique because if you're an MLS team and you're playing another MLS team, where do you play? What kind of crowd are you going to get? I, I think the Red Bull front office, I think trying to do something a little bit unique and a little bit different, moving the game to Montclair State um, where, you, where you can get, you know, four or 5,000 people and it's a pretty packed house and four or 5,000 people will look really good at Montclair State. To your point, I think it sets up to be a really unique uh, and I hope fun atmosphere. Yeah, I'm, I'm, man, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be special, I think, because this is uh, an opportunity for people locally uh, to kind of see the team really up close and personal in a really cool environment, Montclair State. You and I have spent a lot of time there. I love the place. Um, you know, it's a very cost-effective way for, you know, families to see something special in terms of the U.S. Open Cup and teams competing. And it's like that playoff mentality, a playoff atmosphere, you know, here that we're getting in early June in a very kind of closed environment. So, you know, am I frustrated relative to, you know, you know, the timing of the game and all that kind of stuff, of course. But at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it. You can now just kind of set your sights on hopefully a good result there in Philadelphia. And next thing you know, you're, you know, pretty close to Montclair State and, and you kind of take advantage of, of a New England team that, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get a better better showing against them than we, than we had, you know, earlier when we played them. Let's finish with a couple of uh, quick words on the upcoming schedule. Uh, if you're an, um, an MLS fan, which we obviously are, and those that listen are as well, you've got to wait a really long time to get back into the season. With the Gold Cup break, normal action does not resume in Major League Soccer of until the weekend of June 26th, 27th, 28th. Uh, Red Bulls will not play again after Saturday an MLS game for 20 days in which they will host Chicago on June 28th. That game will be at Red Bull Arena. Steve, I know there's no way around it, but you know, and, and the Gold Cup should be really entertaining and very fun, but it's it definitely is difficult for fans that are MLS fans because, in a way, you, you are detaching yourself um, for a couple weeks. But I think this year is a fun year because you've got the U-20s, you've got the Gold Cup, you've got the Women's World Cup coming up. Um, so, so there's no lack of entertainment from a soccer fan perspective in the month of June. Yeah, you know, and Matt, I might be in the minority, but I don't mind this break at all. At all, I think the Gold Cup is going to be exciting. We spoke earlier about the uh, the U.S. under twenties. Hopefully, they get a good result against France here. 
and uh, in the Women's World Cup. I mean, we've got, you know, at our household, we have a, you know, flag kind of waving right now on the U.S. national team, and we're going to be supporting them in the next couple weeks or next couple days now. Wow, it's getting closer and closer there to their opportunity in, in the World Cup. And, uh, I mean, for a soccer fan, I know we're MLS fans, but we're also soccer fans, and there's some great national team uh, viewing that we're going to be able to have in the next couple of weeks. So I don't mind this break. I think it's actually really good for, for Major League Soccer as players in terms of getting that break because they've been going hard at it since January and preseason to be able to kind of reflect, sit back, watch the other games, get excited about the sport they love and are, you know, are fortunate enough to play for a living and uh, and get their 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 kind of their mojo back when they get back to playing league play and uh, and just kind of be healthy and rested and raring to go. Four groups in the Gold Cup. The United States is in Group D. Uh, you would have to think, and, and we'll keep an eye, obviously, on on Aaron Long and the other players. Amir Murillo will be with Panama. Kemar Lawrence will be with Jamaica. They might be considered the favorite Jamaica in Group C. Uh, but for this United States team, Steve, you would expect for Greg Berhalter, not pressure, but uh, a, a good showing would, would certainly be something that in the Gold Cup with teams from your area – you would expect that they they have to put together a nice little run. Yeah, and that's partly one of the reasons why I get excited about the Gold Cup is here's our opportunity to see what, uh, you know, now that Greg has had some time with the team and, and knows the players, is this is kind of the final showcase. He's had some good results with national team uh, over the last couple of months, and, and now we've got Trinidad and Panama and, what, Guyana, if, if I'm not respect, is it? Yep. I think something. Yeah, yep. yep, in Group D, and... So we've got some opportunities there to kind of slowly kind of groove ourselves to, uh, you know, to play, you know, our local region, hopefully to, to get to that, you know, as it often is with the Gold Cup, that Mexico team, and just kind of, you know, make a statement. I, I just, that's why I just dig this time of year with the Gold Cup is that, you know, with the new coach and the new system and the new players is that, you know, we're giving them a platform to really kind of sit back and enjoy and you add that with the U.S you know, under twenties that is already, you know, in full motion right now. You add that with the women's, you know, World Cup and it is a good time to be a soccer fan in, in the United States right now. Well, it's a good time for us as well. I am looking forward to making the trip south on Saturday. Should be a great atmosphere against the Philadelphia Union. Again, we will be on the air at 6.30 on the New York Red Bulls radio network with our Countdown to Kickoff pregame show. Uh, partner, as always, appreciate you giving us some time here on our Inside the Booth podcast and really looking forward to seeing you on Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to spending time with you on the on the broadcast and enjoying a uh, pretty, I think, going to be a special game against the Union. Should be fun. Thanks, as always, to Gordon Stevenson, our technical director. He is Steve Jolly. I'm Matt Harmon. Again, follow us on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, all of our podcasts. This one, our players only kicking it, and our coaches' podcast as well. Thanks again. Enjoy the match on Saturday. We'll see you down in Chester. And as always, follow the team at NewYorkRedBulls.com.